Oh, and there we go. All right. Hello, kids. You might see a new face next to me. I know you haven't seen him. You probably heard him if you ever listened to the show 19 years ago or whenever it was we started. <laughs> and, and I'm sure you've heard me tell stories about my good friend, Big Cock. Well, here he is in the flesh. Uh, there we go. And of course, below us, we've got Kelly. How you doing, Cal? I'm good. I just really wish I could see y'all. Something well, is going on with my videos. I'm just going to imagine you both being beautiful right now, okay? Girl, it's not. I got a hat on because I didn't even shower. I had like horrible hair today. It's been nuts. Oh, and I got, look at that. My TV's not in the back and it's got the Hulu thing right now. Well, I guess we're not getting paid for this episode. It's all right. Well, it was, keyword was imagine. I'm going to imagine. So. <laughs> it's because, it, you know what, what I'm doing this week, Jeffrey? I'm doing the meditation thing. So I'm just getting in touch with with the beautiful things in life. And right now yes. you, you two are beautiful to me. Okay. Yes. Let's the go good friend, that. the good friend that I am, I, I signed <laughs> Kelly up for uh, one of our friend of the show that's on quite often, Katie Underwood over in Australia. I sent Kelly up for her intensive uh, sound meditation. With no uh, warning. Yeah. Her class. I just signed her up. Didn't tell her until after I signed her up and I haven't even done any of them yet. So you're welcome working for me yeah yeah and brian is a new dad with a baby who's frankly kind of an asshole ah he is but he's cute <laughs> <laughs> poor baby he's, he's not look- cu- he's not cute at 3 30 in the morning no touch a colic little touch a colic so oh, brian and i have been friends i don't even remember? Mm. Do you remember how old we were when we met? I was. It was like two thousand, so I was like around fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, I, I remember. I don't know. I like, just started. I just started driving. So I must but have let's 16. not do math. Can we just avoid math? Because I just realized this the other day. When you start talking about how long you've known known people, like in your mind, it's five or ten years, and then you realize that you've run out of fingers and toes, and suddenly right. we're old. It's a, it's more than one like, decade really? ago. <laughs> That's what I'm like. What? How did that happen? So you guys have known each other two decades. Yeah, we're on to the third one. So yeah. you've like gone through seriously different phases of life together i mean because who you are at 15 who you are at 20 29 30 35 and i don't even want to talk about that next number but we, <laughs> we are yeah. very i mean yeah. up over that hill but yeah, just yeah looking back and we're really different people i mean what we've experienced in life um things that we bond over and you know hats off to the two of you for maintaining that friendship because um and Brian, you know, I imagine it was different for you watching Jeffrey and even me. You know, I had kids first, right? You were around oh, yeah, when, yeah. when my kids are around. Then when Jeffrey started fostering and that, you know, you were kind of in a, you were the onlooker to that situation. And now here we are, here we are kind of twisting the globe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and now here you're, you're there. So I think it's really a great thing that your friendship has um, endured all these crazy life changes because I think there's so much you can learn from each other and, and support each other through really um, because you have that benefit of the long-term history and, you know, yeah. shared stuff and experiences. So yeah, 
And he's the friend that I'm. I, we're lucky that we're alive. The shit that we did. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's that friend. You know what I mean? We went met at that young age where we just we had no fear. We were crazy. He was straight when I met him. Uh, I, there wasn't. I, there wasn't really cell phones or social media. No, like no, that. we were so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're, you or you're, you're, somebody you're, has the pictures of some of the nights we went out and all the relationships we've been through. Like he he's been with me through so many different relationships and marriage and divorce and, and, and me just been, a couple because I'm obsessive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, quite the journey in in these years. You were the first person that I told that I was gay too, or bisexual. Yeah, yeah, you said yeah, and then everybody would always say you were gay, and I would deny it and say, "No, no, no, he's straight, he's straight, he's straight," and I would like be ready to beat a bitch's ass. Well, I think just because you get like just because I got married to a guy doesn't mean I'm not bisexual anymore. Right. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? And I always said I was gay, but at the end of the day, like I've slept with. Plenty of women, and I still can. Well, I mean, I haven't had sex in a couple of years, but you know, I mean, I had sex with a girl a few years ago. So, I mean, really, if I'm being honest, I I'm a bisexual. I'm not really gay, you know, because I I think most people are like on. A, I think it's a spectrum. Like, most yeah, Kelly, how many girls have you slept with? Well, wait, we're not talking about me right now. In college, <laughs> <laughs> just at one time. Uh, yeah. Listen, Brian and I, we, we've run the gamut of, oh my God, there was almost a threesome that one time, and then there was almost an orgy, there was a fist involved at a, in an adult store, there was, there was a, a smoke dude, fest out of Easter. Yeah, with my grandmother involved, <laughs> the, there, there was a dude that was on the FBI's most wanted list, I mean, the, the oh, and I'm God. sure over the course of, of this series... We will tell those stories. Yes. Yeah, so, so you're you're gonna have to tune in to find out. So I, I <laughs> and they're just. I may have mentioned this before. That whole um the story worthy thing that popped up on Facebook this year, kind of you know the clickbait encouraging people to buy the story worthy thing. You know what I'm talking about? No. So it's basically know. okay. So I got this as a gift from my parents because you know Facebook and the phone knows everything. So. Um, story worthy is basically a gift you give someone else and that person receives an emailed question each week and it catalogs all of their responses. And at the end of a year, after 52 questions, they publish a book about that person's life and you can upload photos. And so that's really cool. It's fantastic oh, yeah. I sent it to both of my parents. And I have to tell you that what's it called? Three, it's called story worthy story worthy yeah and so each response that they have because i get to see their answers after they submit them and they can also go back and edit or change them but i did not i have not heard a single one of these stories before that my parents have shared so we have six three between the two of them and we're only three weeks into the new year and so um it's great for them because they're thinking of things that they probably haven't thought about in forever because they're it's not typical questions like the one my dad just answered was what was your first boss like you know hmm. um 
What do you remember about your grandparents? What was the first big trip you went on? You know, just like, and they're really taking their time with it. So you have up to a week to answer each question. Um, mm -hmm. But what I was thinking about with you two and your stories is that you guys should have a parallel product. Not Let's not wait until we're passing on a generational book for your family, but like, let's tell the stories now while we still remember. Let's mem memorialize them, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to be the fun thing. Like, I was actually thinking about that today when thinking about that Brian and I were finally going to do this because we've talked about it for a few years, I feel like. <laughs> is that this is going to be online and it's going to be there forever, you know? And I feel really lucky that there's like a thousand hours of these radio shows of my life online that people can listen to, which I mean, it's kind of scary because, you know, things were different 10 years ago or whatever when I started it with the girls and, and that other asshole that we did it with that Brian knew him and whatever um he who so much of my yeah my <laughs> so much of my life is you know we were doing the show five nights a week is is there you know that my kids can go and listen to and hear what was going on on a daily basis you know so i want to talk to you about that because um i was dropping the kids off at school and i don't know why it's kind of the equivalent of car time is also the equivalent of shower time when you have the random thoughts or you remember from last night or you know you remember something and you're like oh so the thing i was thinking about is how different your radio i don't want to say personality but i'm going to say personality is today versus 10 years ago and what you wanted out of that experience um i, I remember a time when you were really just looking to maybe um feed the other side of an argument or play devil's advocate whereas i think where you're at in your life now you strive to find <laughs> more connection well, and to really get into some issues that people will identify with am i wrong in that yeah i think that's why i wanted to do this hour right like with brian and and you like i feel like we're going to be able to get into deeper conversations that like you know and i think that this hour will be like those conversations you have with your friends and they're going to be deep and they're going to be honest and they're going to be ugly and we're going to be you know talk about what really affects us and it's going to be like the phone calls you have with your friends where like thursday night show is more pop culture-y kind of the view but who died put, this you, week yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Where that mm -hmm. when we rebooted the show, that wasn't really where I thought it was going to go. And this is kind of what happened. And that's fine. And that's cool. And, and, you know, on that show, I definitely still do kind of take the opposing side of the view because everybody kind of agrees. And I'm like, well, that's not entertaining. So I'll, I'll try to rile everybody's feather and piss everybody off still, you know, where the first time go around, like I was just trying to shock everybody and kind of be like Howard Sternish and just kind of be outrageous and wild and crazy and just, you know, try to make everybody laugh. I mean, I still hope that people are laughing with the crazy things that I say, but, you know, I definitely, I, I want to have a more serious show that, you know, I hope people will still laugh at because that's, you know, I, I still love to laugh. And I feel like even with serious conversations, Kelly, we laugh hysteric hysterically when COVID first happened, we heard about that poor bastard that died after going to Disney World, and all we could do was laugh because we knew my mother just left Disney World. 
And we were like, we know how much she loves the house of mouse. And you were like, the house of mouse killed her. And we laughed for like 20 minutes on the phone hysterically thinking about the fact that Disney World could have possibly killed my mother. And there wasn't many. Wait, what happens if you die at Disney World? It's supposed to be the happiest place in the world. I wonder if your family gets lifelong free tickets. Nobody talks about that. You got to think like the rest of your family gets lifelong free tickets. Something's got to happen. No, you were never there, Jeffrey. You're not understanding. They would literally erase. Roll your body over out into like somewhere and kiss me and be like, I don't know what what, Universal. (laughs) 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 Couldn't have happened here. Couldn't have happened. Yeah. You, know? you know, and that's the thing too. Like people, like we we Kelly and I pre-taped a show last weekend. Um, and we touched on like alcohol and families, and there was a bit that we talked to about my mom that Luke actually took out because I'm like, that's a whole nother show. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, it, it it deserved when we do finally get into that, like that will be a whole big thing, you know. Um, and it needs a time to like go into that because I feel like we all have kind of our own issues. And I think a way for us to all heal from that is to talk about it and to take away the taboo from it and to be okay with normalizing all the trauma that we've all been through in our life, whether it was as a child, as an adult, things that have happened at work, Kelly being a woman and being minimalized as a woman in the workplace and being a mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So many of those things are like Brian being a bisexual and, and, you know, just things that happened to you in your childhood with your mother and my mother. Like we have very kind of similar, different, but similar stories there and our relationship to women. You know, I think those things need to be talked about. Yeah. And just, you know, having that open dialogue and conversation. And I hope people will listen and they'll tune in and then maybe we'll have people come out and maybe we'll start doing it live and, and, you know, we'll get comments and we can really kind of get into this a little bit more, you know? Well, I want to jump in with something there because um, I think it's really easy for people sharing their personal experience to be construed as a victim mentality. And I want to differentiate something here from prior generations versus our generation. And prior generations, you know, were described as stoic. They didn't talk about certain things. Um, It wasn't meant for other, you know, we just things that weren't discussed even, you know, within a household, let, let alone outside the household. But I think it's important to recognize that it's important for each of us to be able to heal and be healthy adults and humans to go down that path of psychoanalysis because of its therapeutic value. It isn't complaining. It isn't saying, well, woe is me because um, I've had you know 20 plus years of wages that were less than men or I'm treated a certain way or you're, you know, you're stereotyped a certain way. That's not being a victim. It's standing right. up for yourself and mm-hmm. it's claiming it's it's reclaiming a piece of you that has been wounded in the past that you really need to deal with to be able to move forward and have healthy relationships because you see you see yourself as a whole person. So I, I just wanted to mention that yeah, because I yeah. think 
I think it gets some people like, oh God, you know, get over yourself. <laughs> well, right? I think Brian, yeah, Brian and I know some folks that go on Facebook on a regular basis and they know who they are, Madison Divine. And you know, the bitch is always <laughs> like, wow, poor me, poor me, poor me. And that shit drives me crazy. Very attention seeking. Well, and post kind of bullshit. Like to me, that's yeah. that that's a whole different ball of that's shit. That's not for healing. No. That yeah, you know what I mean. No. Nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know what I mean. And like, I would kind of call him out on it and be like, "Dude, like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't the way to go about it." You know, um, where for me, like, this is about taking the power back and trying. You know, and I know, like, I think somewhere deep down, he means well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just think he's going about it the wrong way. You know, where this stuff isn't easy. This is not stuff that, I mean, for me, that I've put out there before that I, well, I know it's coming. Isn't you know? there a big difference, though? Um, I want to hear what Brian has to say about this, but isn't there a difference between self-exploration and understanding versus blaming the world? Right. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think there's a difference between like explanation and, uh, um, you know, like blaming it on something. If you're explaining yourself, you're not asking to be, you know, forgiven, but keep doing the same thing. You're actually trying to change. There's and you're also in the same thing with not asking someone else for forgiveness either. Like, right. you know, if you're role playing a situation where I could be like, Jeffrey, it really upset me when you said or did this, right? Mm -hmm. um me me being able to state that doesn't mean that i have to gain his forgiveness or that he has to you know right. like you don't have to do that you just have to state where you're at and then how how others react is beyond your control and you have to kind of accept that that you may not shift another person and sometimes i think that's the hardest thing for us to accept for me, yeah. for me, yes. <laughs> I'm like, no, it has to be this way. Yeah, well, the, what was the conversation we were just having the other day? Yeah, like, we and I, I text Brian and I was like, sometimes it's very scary to talk to you and tell you. Uh, and you know, and I told them afterwards, we were talking on the phone. I said, I text you all that because I was like, eh, I'm not gonna tell it to him in person because I didn't want it to become a battle. <laughs> like, at least in text, you can't, you know, fight back. And, it, you know, and I'm like, it's all just a place of love. And I'm like, you know, Brian and I are very, very similar. And Kelly, you know, you, you, Kelly's had to say, bitch, look at how you're acting right now. You know, like, you're, well, I think you're, that, you're I, out I think of control. Like, I think that's one of the keys to like a long uh, friendship or any relationship is like being able to you know, Hold up be the open and Hold honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the other person yeah. not be upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because you know the person's not coming at a place of attacking or judging you. They're really coming from a place of love and like, Concern. whoa, bitch, like, what, do you see yourself right now? Do you, do, do you realize you're spiraling just down a shitty path? Like, hey, come on, like, what, what well, are we going to do here? And there isn't a person on the planet who's not guilty of self-sabotage because it's right. literally what we do. Like, yeah. imagine imagine the first snow of the winter and you're at the top of the hill and you've got your sled and you're about to hop on it and go down, right? The first time you're not sure where the path goes, but you go back up the hill and you're going to keep you're going to keep going down that same path to the point where you can't go down any other path, right? 
that's how self-sabotage also works. And sometimes it takes the, the good people in your life to point that out and say, hey, you may not see this pattern, but I see it. And you're stuck in a rut. And if you want things to be different, you're going to have to find yourself a way out of that rut because it ain't taking you where you want to go and you're miserable, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. true. It is. It's absolutely true. And I think that's the hard part. And and I think that's the thing that we all need to start doing with each other more is being honest, you know? And I feel like it's something as simple as being honest with your friends when they say, how do I look? You look like shit, Marge. Like you need to go and fix your fucking hair and take that outfit off because you look like a fucking whale. You know what I'm saying? Like I, when yeah. I ask my friends, like, what does this look like? I don't want you to tell me it looks good if I don't. Like, tell me you need to go put something on because that makes you look like a whale. Yeah. Well, and don't go fishing for compliments if you don't think you're going to get one either. Right, right. Well, yeah. it's so superficial and fake. <laughs> it's bullshit. Yeah. It makes me nuts. Or, like, I feel like you need to be secure in a friendship enough and be like, I just need someone to tell me something nice today. Yeah. Well, you know, and <laughs> friendships also, well, you're right. And friendship, friendships also need to be built on a foundation of trust because... I rather have the one or two solid people in my life who are right beside me than have a hundred people that have no value or superficial value. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I, I mean, how I know more from Jeffrey, but Brian, what are your friendships like? Um, most of them are long term, but I only have a few of them. You know, I can right. That's count I mean. them you're on one like hand. The, you're not like, oh, here's the fifty no, no. people. No. Brent, do you feel I mean, like I mean my husband's friends have become my friends as well in a, in like some respect, but they're not like long term friends of mine like like I have like you know I can count on one hand long term friends. Do you feel like in your late twenties there was like the mass exodus of friends that we had for like in our twenties? I, I feel like by kind of when Kelly was coming in late twenties, I kind of all these friends that I kind of had through my late teens and most of my twenties, they were kind of all on their way out. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think, I I think that friend, there's different kinds of friends, you know, some friends just kind of come into your life for like a period of time. Yeah. To like some friends come into your life to like teach you lessons Mm -hmm. and then leave. Ain't that true. (laughs) Some friends are there for all, for the whole thing, you know? Yeah. I think it depends on the person. Yeah, and that, I mean, you know, and that, I got to say, like, as much as we, you know, he who shan't be named, you know, that was really, um, that was a fucking blow for me. Like, that, that sucked. (laughs) Well, when you invest that many years into somebody, that's a lot of energy and time. And the the thing that really was just like a kick in the, the gut was you know like joe and i like you know everything went down like a week before christmas or whatever and we were in denver so at this point it was after new year's i had not heard from mike at all you know and this is a kid i'd known i don't think it was kindergarten so it might have been first grade but we went to first grade twice together you know what i'm saying so might as well been kindergarten because we both failed first grade you know what i'm saying so we did it twice 
Let's not brag about that. But okay. I'm not bragging about it, but I'm saying we Hold were both on, how schooling. do you fail for his grade? That's what I'm saying. And we had hey. to go to the freaking uh the 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 skippy bus out behind because we were in Catholic school. They had the little trailer out back. You had to go for remedial math and reading. I'm not proud of it, but it happened. Um oh for reading? Yeah, and math. Yeah, really <laughs> not that we're going to stigmatize children or anything, but no, you know, I put mean, you in a trailer. You know? Just that, yeah, yeah. We had to go. We had to lose free time in first grade and to go out to the trailer. Um, <laughs> but wait, but, but Jeffrey digresses. Yeah. So this and this in first uh, grade, the 90s. he like I hated this kid. He would chase me around the playground. And they would be like, okay, you go this way and you go that way. It was a fucking circular playground. Where'd we meet? In the back. And he always had this, like, green snot booger, like, coming out of his nose. And he'd chase me around the playground saying he was going to marry me. And I, like, couldn't stand him. Uh, And it wasn't until, like, third grade where we actually kind of became friends because we were, like, the oddballs, you know? Like, we didn't really have... Yeah, yeah. But we didn't really have friends you know what i mean like he was weird and i was fat and you know what i mean we were both socially <laughs> awkward we were kind of dumb and um uh, you know what i mean and his he his family had money i didn't and i mean there was definitely like this anything i said i wanted he made sure he got so when he said like there was a competition between us there wasn't a competition between us because i couldn't keep up you know what I mean? It was no anything. The competition was for your affection, though. But there was a never. You know what I mean? He had it all. Like <laughs> he didn't ever call. You know what I mean? Like I called. Like we talked every night. Like we'd be on the phone for hours. Like it was just always the two of us. Like we were best friends, or so I thought. You know what I mean? Like he was the one that fell in love with Joe. Everybody saw it, right? Don't you think so? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the girls, you know, because he he did the show with us, they were convinced that he was in love with me. And I don't, I didn't see that. I don't know. Because he fell in love with Brian and it was like fatal attraction. I was going to say, I don't know what you have to say here, Brian. I don't know that it's, it was just Joe. I think it was like, no matter who you were with, it would have been, he would have fallen in love with them. Right. And literally, I think you could probably spend. There's probably at least four years of therapy there to unpack mm. that whole thing. And I don't say oh, that yeah. jokingly because no. like oh, looking yeah. at like the life. There's the movies about of it. Your... Yes. Yeah. Single white yes. female. Yeah. yeah well, he told, when we were going to film the reality show, the director met with each of us separately. And Karen, Karen being the sly one, did the three-way call with the director. She wouldn't let me be on that pissed. But she was texting me while we were doing, she was interviewing Mike. And, um, you know, she said, uh, okay, so Jeff's your best friend. He said, I wouldn't say that. I'd say he's my longest friend. And then Mike brought up that it was a competition between us and that um, the only thing that I had beat him in was in the love category. And I'm like, and it was so weird to me because I didn't really see anything as a competition. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it was so weird. But so when everything ended or whatever. Right. But So Joe and I are in Denver. And I saw Mike had called Joe on the phone or whatever. And at this point, shit's going bad in Denver with Joe and I. And he's like, um... Well, Mike's really upset. I'm like, Mike's upset. I'm like, Joe, 
It's been like at this point, it's it's been like I don't know three or four weeks. I haven't heard from Mike once, but he's calling you every day. He's like, "Will you hurt him? How did I hurt him? What what did I do? I picked his sloppy, drunk ass up off the floor every single get together we had because he couldn't handle." being around a group of people and the attention not being on him or him not getting Joe's attention. Well, even at your wedding. Right, right. At the wedding. He got the abomination. He didn't even walk in with the group. He didn't walk in with the wedding party. He was drunk, rolling around on the floor, screaming it's an abomination and it's against God's plan. And he's gay. His, his parents had to drag him out of there. And then after the wedding, he was going around. He showed up and he said, well, you made Stacey and, uh, you know, his his stepmom and his father feel guilty. And that I pressured them and I backed them into a corner and that they didn't want to have let me have the wedding at their house. And I was like, and, you know, he's always just starting wars between people and starting fights and shit. You know what I mean? And I knew that there was all these personality issues with him. Uh, and I always made excuses for his behavior. And the girls wanted to fire him from the show time and time and time again. And I always made excuses for him. Because so let, I me, let me knew. stop you there. Let me stop you. Because, law. well, better from a lawyer. Well, I mean, no, no, no. Because <laughs> just because that whole that oh, story. Let me just put this up. Oh, Kelly, you can't see it. Everything is to be I can, considered. I can. No, I, I can okay. see the screen. I just, your screens individually are black. Oh, wow. I don't know why. So anyway. Um, so for a long time, one of the things that I think is important to talk about is the relationships that you've had in your life. And you, I don't remember how, how or when you first brought this up to me, but you, it was this like, moment of self-awareness where you're like, I really need to, to let go of the toxic relationships of the ones that are drama filled, that bring no value on either end. And it's, you know, it's always a shit show. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that relationship was all about that. And I think there, it was so complicated and it was very difficult to let go. But despite what we're talking about right now, how do you feel, do you feel lighter having let go of some of those toxic relationships, Jeffrey? Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's hard because um, I, you know, him and I did start the show together. I mean, it was my idea and I kind of dragged him into it. Um, but him and I, I could tell him like what I saw and he could make it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm we worked very well together creatively. Um, right. And you've always talked about that and you've always tipped your hat to like the creative genius that was there, but yeah, I'm yeah. talking about, I'm saying separate from that. I'm talking about the history of the toxicity and I, and I'm interested in what Brian has to say on that too. And his well, he, saw the, oh, he had his well, own fucking go around. Yeah. That's ask Brian, Brian tell, her, <laughs> tell her, tell her motherfucker, tell her about your little go who go around. Please. Cause well, mm -hmm. to be I, like on it, like in an honest 
thing. I don't remember most of it because I feel like I blocked it out PTSD-wise. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. You let go, right? You're just like, mm, no. Yeah, like I don't, I don't remember it in detail, but he was like super infatuated with me. I don't think he was in love with me. And this is what I was saying about it didn't ma- it doesn't matter who it is because like he it wasn't that he wanted to like date me or anything he just wanted to be my best friend because Jeffrey was my best friend because yeah, he, 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 would, he wanted he, to he separate would, us yeah exactly he he started I, I don't remember point, the details my, either but he he started talking shit to your mother and yeah because we tried, all worked at Wendy's yeah so he tried separating Brian and I and saying what a horrible person I was to Brian's mother um which I'm coming to find it. Yeah, yeah. Um which he's done many to many people about you know and said horrible shit about me. And then he did it to his stepmother and the dumb bitch believe like you've seen him in action, bitch. You know who he is. Well like, the- you're still believing his bullshit. All right. Well, when not, when I none of us believed him. Like that's when he Well, like, you knew because he freaked out. Remember he wrote me like a long letter or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Yeah, and he ended up getting fired for like sexual he got fired. harassment. Yeah, because he handed it to me at, in at, at work. Let me let me put that back up. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, but it was uh, like I said. I don't really. I don't even remember what was in the letter. I know the gist of it. Yeah, I know. I don't remember. But what was in it at all. But I just remember like him trying to keep us separate, and like we, like the three of us, could not hang out. He'd like flip out. Like it was just crazy shit. Or is always super trying to be impressive. Like he was be impressive about his money. Or yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But isn't that a good another good example of how relationships and we evolved? Right. Like, would you you would not allow that in your life today? I don't think. No, no, no. Like, sh- let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about how once you bring little humans into your world, mm-hmm. how you're. Uh, how your priorities are forced to switch, whether you want them to or not, or whether you had any idea what was coming, right? Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we got yeah. I mean, every every few hours, like he you're needs, reminded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if he's sleeping every few hours, <laughs> so well, yeah, I, and I, you don't get to look ahead to like, oh well, if I just get to you know the end of the month or whatever, I can take a solid vacation. <laughs> yeah. No. No, no, no. No, I it mean, doesn't happen I, like that. I was pretty free with, like, who could kind of come around the kids or whatever. Um, You know, and I went on a date and the guy had kids or whatever, and he, you know, kind of, like, wanted to go and do something with the kids the following weekend, and I was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Like, not about you, dude, but I don't know you like that. Like, you ain't coming around my kids. You ain't meeting the kids. Like, no. We need to hang out a lot more before you meet the kids. Like, I don't want anybody coming in my bubble well, and, it's also and being around the kids. That somebody, it's a turnoff that somebody would even make that assumption because clearly you, you've just it's, spotlighted a, a huge difference in the way we're looking at life. Well, like, why do you want to? Like, well, we've met once. We hung out one day for a couple hours and you want to meet my kids next time? Like... You didn't really get to know me. And then, too, the other thing that really drives me nuts is, like, on a dating app or whatever, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go put the kids in bed or whatever. And they're like, oh, you're such a good dad. What the (laughs) fuck? What does that even mean? 
What What do you mean I'm a good dad? Because I'm putting my kids to bed? Like, no. Like, most of people don't put their kids to bed. Right? Like, block. Like, you, what the fuck? Oh, my. It's so weird. Like, you know what I mean? It's like those guys to me just seem like they want an instant family. And they're, like, excited because you have kids. And they're all, like, they just want you because you have kids. And I'm like, oh, you got to. Like, I'm like, oh, no. Well, it's a whole different story when you got to raise them from a newborn baby. Yes, it is, bitch. I told you don't do it. You didn't listen. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I told him, Kelly. I told him. Well, I mean, it's funny. I mean, Brian probably wouldn't remember this that clearly, but the difference between Anna as a baby versus Branson, like, Anna was no picnic. The girl had colic, like, constantly. She cried. She screamed. I vaguely. I used to stop over regularly. So I right. What's funny is that, yeah, you two it dawned on me as we were talking. I'm like, oh, he probably doesn't really remember Kelly, but he would know no, your kids. <laughs> no, he knows who I am. No, of course. <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, like, he would know your kids more. Well, I was say I was single back then, and I worked like at a, a group home, like a few yeah, blocks from your house. So yeah, your love, your everything was different then. But what I was oh, going to say yeah. is like how Anna was like, we didn't know it, but she was a nightmare baby. Mm. And I mean. Has, and talk about a 180 because like now I can't find a complaint about her. But Branson comes along a couple years later and I was like, oh, I know we were more chill because we're just more chill with the second kid. But he is also so much more chill as a baby. You know, he didn't have yeah. colic. He slept. He was a great sleeper. He'd yeah. snuggle, you know, a complete opposite. So it's... You can't. No one can but, tell you. I know what it's like because every every experience is different. You know? That's a good thing with our baby. He he is like when he's not being colicky, he's giggly and laughy and smiles and cuddly. But then he has like this these bouts of like an hour, a couple hour long, just inconsolability. So, and but other than that, he's a, he's actually a really good tempered baby. So. And to be That's honest, like his his mom was his mom was young, um, twenty two. Uh, she had already had two kids, two years old, one years old, and then she was pregnant with him. And she she knew from the get go that she wasn't going to be able to keep him, but right. she didn't she didn't believe in abortion personally, and she just wanted to. But she knew she also couldn't take care of him; she right. could barely take care of the kids she had. And so, you know, I I think that's amazing to be able to do at 22 years old because I'm almost 40 and I don't know if I have that emotional a, ability a, to do that. It's a huge thing, yeah. Cal, yeah. Can, can I show a video of Branson as a baby in the swing, swinging himself? Oh, sure. This video, I don't, you're going to crack up. I hope you'll remember it, was from Depot, this little kid. Is in the swing. Oh my god! Happy as can be. I just he's swinging himself. How cute! That's that's who he was as a baby. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. He he was just a pet man. He was a riot. Yeah, Yeah, always smiling. Always yeah. Now he's just a comedian. Yeah, Anna was definitely a little bit more ornery, but she was always happy for me. She'd like to watch the. Good Morning America with me. Wait, how old are they now? 
uh, Anna's going to be 10 in a couple weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Branson turned seven on Veterans Day. Oh, wow. She'd come in in the morning and cuddle with me, and we'd just watch the news. And, and then uh, as she got older, we'd watch the Golden Girls. Anna, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And what the hell else did I get her into? There was all kinds of crazy stuff. I'd be like, I'm teaching your daughter all the gay things. You say ever cleaning with me? Kelly's like, what the hell are you teaching her? She's over here shop acting. Oh no, that was that that was her nature though. Cause she she was one, you know, idle hands. No, no. She had to have a project. She she still makes lists. I mean, she has lists all over my house of things she's gotta get done. Oh she was I don't know how old she was older. Crystal was around then. And she comes over one day and she's like, I could tell Crystal's here. Because the house was dirty. <laughs> there was crap everywhere. <laughs> and Crystal was all offended. Like, well, Crystal, she's it. not wrong. Yeah, yeah. She knew, man. She knew. Because she knew how my house was, man. She knew that it was pristine. And then Crystal coming to be like a bomb went off. But not only that, she'd say it with hands on hip and head tilted. <laughs> yeah. Like sass. full on, yeah, like full on judging. Yeah. Like who's been here? Because it, it, you know, this is just not looking right. Mm-hmm. The same, right? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. And then what'd she say about Dora? I don't like that Dora. She's not a lady. Yes. Oh my god. And then Brian, you know, I gotta be the crazy one. Well, I used to do it with Shannon's kids too. I tried to teach them all <laughs> the important things. You know, uh, when they were in high school, I'm like, listen, don't listen to boys. I'm like, ass sex is not any safer. I'm like, you can get anal warts. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, nobody's going to tell them these things. And those kids were not very smart. You know what I mean? I'm like, somebody had to tell them. Um, so I thought, God, Kelly, do you remember how? You know, Kelly's in my kitchen. Sandra at the sink. And, you know, I like to do the outrageous things. So I'm like, Anna. I'm like, she said something about Walmart. I said, oh, no, Anna, we don't go shopping at Walmart. That's for the poor people. I'm like, you'll never get the smell out of your clothes. And she's like, what? I said, that's for people who live in trailers. This kid, without missing a beat, looks at me. And she's like, Jeffrey, why would anyone want to live in a trailer? And I'm like, exactly, P. <laughs> <laughs> now he here's looked at him like he was like he was putting her on, you know, and yeah. she's just like, and I'm standing there like my jaws on the floor, I'm, <laughs> and I'm like trying to back out of the kitchen. Here's, you know that small little galley kitchen. Right? Oh like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trapped here. There's no one. Here's your daycare provider teaching your child that uh yeah. Oh, and, then, <laughs> and, and and you're like, and you really want to avoid the ones with the Confederate flag. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I had a there was times where I had waiting lists. Like, could you imagine? <laughs> like hey, your daycare no. providers teaching your kids to no. avoid Walmart because there's poor people and they smell. And I, people, you know what? Let me just throw this one up there, okay? It's called comedy. You know what I'm saying? My grandparents lived in a trailer. I mean, it didn't end well because he ended up killing the bitch while she was sleeping, but you know, to each their own. It was it from the trailer? No, they actually, that's it. But Rosie ended up adding on to her house. She was still paying for it. They didn't even finish paying for it. You know what I'm saying? They had Wait, to pay the tra- her. They added a house to the trailer? No, they ended up leaving the trailer, moving in. Rosie added an addition onto her house. And then they only lived there maybe about a year. And then he, you know, he popped her in a, uh, and put a cap in her ass while she was sleeping. Rosie didn't even finish paying off the addition. 
You know what I'm saying? Like it she was, was rude. Yeah, she still was paying on that edition. Like you could at least wait until they were done. You know what I'm saying? For real. And then to do something like that in your daughter's house, oh. come on, rude, rude. And how we get on these off the? Do, 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 do. You know, it's Kelly's always like, oh wait, so, you know, she's like, I don't speak Jeff. Depending on the day, she can <laughs> keep up with speaking Jeffrey. Well, especially the text because you will hop, you will subject hop like nobody's business, and I'm like, where, where, who are we? I don't. Wait, what? No, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's because that lady took away my Adderall, man. My ADD's out of control. She took away my She did. She's like, you don't need that. She's like, ah, oh, it's bad. You don't want to be driving on that. I'm like, what? Driving on that? Yeah. Isn't it she, like, it speeds you up, don't it? She took away the Adderall. <laughs> she took away, like, um, what was the other one? What's the one that calmed you down? Ativan? Or Xanax? Mm-hmm. Xanax. Years ago, they she took me off, which was great. You know what I mean? She didn't want me on control substances, which was awesome. I was actually all for it because it was in the time, you know, where I was like ready to kind of. Well, they used to use that a lot. Yeah, well, they, you know, when they used to hand everything out like candy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you remember? Like, I used to get the hundred and twenty count hydrocodone. They'd be like, "Here you go, have fun." Oh, I remember. Well, the beginning part of the night. <laughs> well, that was the thing. Well, that's why. I, but you know what? As an adult, when I would get those, because I genuinely had back problems, I don't like to take them. Because as when we, Brian and I, were younger, we were dumb. We'd take like five of those damn things to go driving out to the club. We wouldn't and, know um, who drove home, and we'd be, the car be parked sideways in the front yard. Gal, my father'd be coming banging on my door, pissed as shit. The one time I had to. Uh... I locked my keys in my car, <laughs> which I was notorious for. Oh my and god! I, I tried, and because I had a neon, you could, pull, <laughs> you could pull the window out just far enough to get your arm down there and pull the lock up. And I was like about just about to pull the lock up, and the window just popped. Boom! Glass everywhere. And he I cut him, it. cut the shit out of himself. So we went inside to wrap it up, and your dad came out and was pissed that there was glass everywhere. That we left glass everywhere. Flipping out, screaming at us because there was glass out front. Okay, but I got to tell my favorite, one of my favorite, one, just one, little, little juicy, favorite Brian story. I think I was little with Shannon at the time. Brian, you were in high school. It's your favorite. It was when you had the red neon. Brian would have these epiphanies, these great ideas. And as he said, he would lock himself <laughs> Like you, would, regular. you would lock himself out of the car all the time. So he comes. Uh-huh. I think whip, I remember this. He comes whipping in the house one day and he's like, I got it. I got it. He's like, I'm going to put a coat hanger in the trunk. So the next time I lock myself out of uh-huh. the car, I've always uh-huh. got a coat uh-huh. hanger. Yes. And I'm just looking at him <laughs> and he's so excited. And I'm like, I got it. I got the answer. I'm yeah. like, how are you going to get the coat hanger out of the trunk? And it was like, you could just see all of the fucking joy just drain. I was serious. You shot the puppy right in front of him. He just (laughs) devastated because he had the motherfucking answer to all his problems. And 
I literally had a pile of coat hangers in my back seat. Like there was probably like twelve of them. And you've never been to a dry cleaner. Yep. Oh, oh god. god. It was the greatest day of all time. Like there was just bra I mean, you would just the cr- and then oh, oh, okay, one more, one more. I swear to God, just one more. Ooh, I think it was somebody's graduation party on Depot Road. And we had all these tents up in the back of my house. And we had one of those <laughs> intact. <laughs> it was a graduate, it was a graduation party. <laughs> for one of Shannon's kids. I and I, I used to be a shop boy at the club. And we busted out my original tray because I have it. I still have it to this day. And we had jello shots. <laughs> we were all maybe a little over-served. And Brian <laughs> running around with it. And he doesn't realize that the stake and the, the rope for the tent is pretty far out. And he hits it. And this bitch goes flying through the air slams i've never i'm like oh my god he's gonna snap his neck the way that his body hit that intake pool and he bounced off it and he just flew through the air it was the greatest thing i've ever seen if we would have got it on tape we'd be millionaires <laughs> millionaires it'd be viral America's- it was yeah brian's always doing shit like that i mean this dude needs <laughs> he just uh, oh god they just never a camera around him no, no, but he's always tripping, falling, doing some crazy shit that just is just magic. It's magic. Beautiful. Yeah, you are. You really, really are. And it brings me so much joy to be your friend when you're <laughs> It's just magic. Ta-da. Yeah. It really is. Kelly, you, you forgot. Can- o- you forgot almost what you said. Oh. I thought you were going to tell that story. Oh, that's a good one, Cal. This bitch comes in the house one day. He's like, oh, he's like, you guys heard that new Japanese song? Oh, no, what is it? No, almost hit you said, almost hit you said, running through my head. You mean all the things she said? <laughs> this bitch, <laughs> he just the shit. <laughs> like, I, no, I don't. I thought that's what it said. Almost I mean, that you said. Whole, that's a whole other show of like confused song lyrics. It really is. Yeah, oh yeah, God, yeah, yeah. That'd be yeah, a great, I mean, great hour for for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kelly, I don't know that I've ever seen you fall. I think I'm kind of disappointed about this. You've never what? I don't think I've ever seen you fall. Oh. Do you remember the first day you came to bring Anna to daycare? And I wiped out yes. my back. And I didn't want you to know. Like my oh, I was yeah. my back, like Brian, it was horrible. It was the worst. Um I was having the worst like back episode I've ever had in my life. Like it was something was clicking in my back, and like my legs were just going out from underneath me, and I was just dropping. And I'm go, she's in the living room or she's in the hall, I don't remember where. I'm like taking a step, my legs go, and I just drop to the ground. And like, usually I can't get up. Like, I'm, it's horrific pain. But tears like coming down my eyes. And Joe's like sitting in front of me and he's like kind of laughing. And I'm like, get up, get up, get up, get up. This woman's here with her 12 week old baby. And you gotta get the fuck up, get up, get up. <laughs> I'm panicking because I'm like, she's gonna see that I can't walk and I gotta drag her baby around the house on a blanket <laughs> while I'm crawling. I'm like, oh my God. 
I'm like, Joe and I just moved into this big ass house that I gotta pay for. I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. Oh, it was horrible. It was a nightmare. Oh, God, it was so bad. That's fantastic. It was so bad. It was so great. The shit that I mean, (laughs) I don't know how I survived. I really don't. Doing that radio show, the original show, Five Nights a Week, doing daycare. Yeah, I was cleaning nice. house, doing shots on the, or selling shots doing on the shots. weekend since the one club. I mean, I was always hustling. I'm trying to make a dollar, man. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here I we are. Some, yeah, now here I am. I had two houses to pay for now, bitches. It's still uh, poor. All right, I got to bounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about done, kids. I do, but yeah. I got to bounce. So I didn't, you don't have to edit that part out. But, um, We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks for joining us, Cal. Yeah, it was good seeing you. We're talking. Well, not seeing you. Right. Yes. So, but yes, you'll see. It was good seeing your picture. Thanks. Bye, guys. That's a pretty good. Bye. Bye, Cal. So, Brian, what'd you think? You survived your first uh, trip on. Yeah, it was fun. UCR. And what? On UCR. Oh, God. Yeah, it was fun. You see, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> are you ready for this one? What was that? Uh, you ain't got no alibi. Remember that? U G L Y. You ain't got no alibi. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly. Vagina, vagina. Vagina, vagina. What's happening on your TV back there? Do you have a ghost? That was so scary. Who was that? Was that Caitlyn Jenner? Yeah, like Flash, and then all of a sudden, what the fuck? Girl, you better go unplug that shit. That's got a poltergeist. Girl, okay, kids, we're haunted. Well, that was our first episode of this new Power Hour that we don't know what the hell our name's called, but we'll be back next week. We love you. We'll, we'll see you next, next week. week. Yeah, yeah. We're working on it, okay? <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.